It's time to support your favorite MLB superstars and let your voice be heard with the 2024 MLB All-Star Ballot presented by BuildSubmarines.com. Oh, what a shot. That's right. You get to help choose the starting lineups for the Midsummer Classic and decide who represents your team at the MLB All-Star Game presented by MasterCard this summer in Arlington. He makes the play. So make your picks today at MLB.com slash vote. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Let's head out to the uh, hotline right now. He is over at the Astros spring training facility in West Palm Beach. He made the trip down here with us. Uh, of course, uh, shop is John Deere bringing us down here. We thank them for that. Adam Spillane joining us now live from over at the spring training facility over there. Spo, what's happening, man? Yeah, it's just very businesslike here. I can just tell you, just guys coming in, they get their work done, and they are, they, they've got a meeting here coming up in the, in the next few minutes. And uh, I think that's one of the good things about having a veteran club is that guys know what they need to do every day. So a uh, very businesslike atmosphere is what, uh, what I've picked up on so far. What, what, are you, what are you most looking forward to seeing today, Spo, at the game we're going to against the Marlins? Uh, Forrest Whitley. I mean, it's, it's funny. We, we've been talking about Forrest Whitley for a long time. I, you know, he signed with the Astros on uh, June 22nd, 2016. Alex Bregman was one for five that day in double A. So Forrest Whitley has been in the Astros organization longer than Alex Bregman has even been in the big leagues. Uh, Yuli Gurriel was not yet in the Astros organization when they, when they drafted Forrest Whitley. So we, we've been hearing about Whitley for so long, and just his career has had so many different speed bumps. And I remember uh, he started a spring training game in 2019 at Minute Maid, and he pitched okay that day. But I, I, just talking to him afterwards, he just kind of assumed, okay, well, we'll see in a couple months. You'll, you'll go down, get some innings uh, in AAA, and then you'll be right in the big leagues and, and probably contributing on what is supposed to be a very good club. And we never saw him, and we really have not seen him at all since then i mean that was four years ago so it's an opportunity for whitley he seems to be healthy um so you just want to see if it's there because you've heard about the talent for such a long time um i, I remember brent strom a couple years ago uh, even when he was going through the struggle saying that he still thought that he had superstar type potential so you just want to see if it's there yeah and i guess that's the other question is we've been fixated more and more on him over the years over whether he's just healthy or his fluctuating body weight or any of those things. I've almost completely forgot about what kind of stuff he's supposed to have and not like how it looks as of late. Well, and the other thing too, is that I think that probably four years ago, you just assumed, well, they needed him. You know, he was a guy that they had to have because you figured that they wouldn't keep a lot of their older starting pitchers, whether it was Dallas Keuchel in 2018 or Garrett Cole in 2019, and then you lose Verlander on down the line. But they really haven't missed him all that much because of just the emergence of Framber Valdez and Christian Javier and Jose Arquiti and guys that really came out of nowhere. Uh, so I think that's been kind of the saving grace of the Astros over the last few years is that you know, Whitley had huge expectations. He was a first-round pick. Um, they they could have traded him for any number of a great player uh, over the years, and they just refused to because they believed in the talent. And even though so far it, it hasn't come to fruition, uh, they have been saved by the fact that they are very good at developing pitchers. So uh, I'm really, like I said, I'm really interested to see how he looks today. And just you, you want to see just all spring if this is a springboard for him into what could be a very good year, whether it's in, in AAA or maybe if he gets an opportunity at the big league level, just because that, you know, the Astros don't have a ton of depth. Just when you look at starting pitching, especially now with McCullers being a little bit of a question mark. So right now you kind of have their five starters locked in. 
But once you get past those five, it's uh, there's a lot of question marks there, and you need more than five starting pitchers to get through a major league season. Adam Spillane joining us live from the Astros spring training facility. We are down here in Florida covering spring training all week long. It is funny, Spo, when you bring up the the 2016 timeline. Like you mentioned Verlander there. Like they drafted Whitley hoping that he would be able to help the team out in pretty short order. But, you know, at that time they were probably like, yeah, no, but it's okay. He doesn't need to speed it up that much because we're going to have Verlander on the team for the next five years. <laughs> like like well, Verlander he, he, he wasn't he even on, on the radar on the team, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's we were a year from even entertaining trade talks for Justin Verlander. <laughs> you know, uh, Adam. The other thing that I found interesting was that Jose Abreu. You know, he gets signed as a as a, a veteran player. Um, and I and I saw a lot of anonymous MLB insiders actually say that was one of the better signings in free agency this year, despite a lot of people criticizing the Astros for signing an older first baseman. Um, he's he's been out there getting as many reps as anybody like he's a workhorse he's still got a a really big work ethic does he not oh yeah for sure uh i he was one of the first position players uh that reported and you saw him he he played he started the first spring training game on saturday so yeah he he's one of these guys that that really likes to work and and work on on the craft uh i think that's i, I remember jeff bagwell after they signed him just talking about just how hard that the guy works and just how great the work ethic is. And I, I think he also, it's also part of it is too, you want to fit into your new team. And so you want to be around your new teammates probably as much as you possibly can, just because you're going to be around these guys for the next six, seven months. So you might as well just go ahead and get, get off to a quick start with them. I don't know how much of a relationship he had with a lot of these guys. There are probably a few, I, I, you know, everyone around the game kind of hangs out with each other. Or they know each other, at least from all-star games. But uh, it's uh, so far, I, I think he's been a seamless fit. I, I'm listening to uh, a podcast talking just about the White Sox um, last week and just uh, hearing how much that the White Sox would miss his presence in that clubhouse and how much of a leader uh, he was for them. And you lose Yuli Gurriel, who's a big leader in that clubhouse and who had been around for a very long time. And it kind of feels like that you're replacing him with a guy like Jose Abreu. And, and I don't think that you miss a whole lot uh, just in terms of leadership and, and clubhouse co- uh, camaraderie just with what Abreu brings. Adam Spillane is live at the Astros spring training facility. Um, Spo, uh, as far as the rules go, the new rule changes, um, you know, between the shift and the pitch clock um, and, and, you know, and, and the other, you know, bigger bases and so forth, uh, do you have a particular Astro that you're most concerned with when it comes to the effect of the new rules? Um, I, I think the pitch clock is going to be something that probably impacts everybody, at least in the beginning. And I think that you're going to hear a lot more complaints about it moving forward. You already started to hear it yesterday with Kyle Tucker. And I think as you, and it kind of see, and it's coming not just from the pitchers, it's coming from the hitters too, just because of the whole, you have to be, you know, I guess engaged or whatever the, the word is, uh, with the pitcher, uh, when that clock hits eight seconds. And I don't think that that's something that, so basically, if the bases are empty, you have seven seconds to kind of get yourself uh, ready to go. So I do think that you're going to hear more and more complaints about the pitch clock uh, as we move forward in spring training, especially as we start getting some regulars in there. Uh, you have Martin Maldonado and Jose Altuve making their spring debuts. It'll be interesting to see um, how they handle the pitch clock and what they say about it after after today's game or after uh, they come out of today's game. Uh, and then the other interesting aspect of the pitch clock, um, they don't have it for the WBC. So these guys are having to deal with the pitch clock now during spring training, and then the Astros have a bunch of guys who will go off and play in the World Baseball Classic where they will not have a pitch clock, and then they'll have to come back here and have to get used to the pitch clock mm-hmm. all over again. 
So I, I, I think that's going to be the one rule. We'll have to see about the pickoff stuff. Um, I don't think that that's as a, a huge deal because I, I think the number of times that you see a pitcher throw over uh, to a base more than twice is very, very, very rare. So I don't think that'll wind up having a huge impact. We'll see about the bases and, and if maybe that gets the run game going a little bit more. The the only or the two pickoffs uh, get the run game going a little bit more. The shift will certainly have an impact, and I, but I, I think it'll be a good impact on the game, and I think it will uh, reward hitters a little bit more uh, than we see in the past. But uh, I do think that you're going to hear a lot of complaining about the pitch clock uh, over the uh, next know, week, for, and I think that's going to get loud. For all of the you know the big big rule changes. The one, that, the one that seems the most clownish to me and absurd is the bigger bases. And yet, I don't like. I felt when they first introduced it, when they were showing examples of the bases, it seemed like it seemed cartoonish, like they were monstrosities. And yesterday, when I was watching games, I didn't. I I completely didn't pick up on it at all. Is that so? Like actually seeing it in person, does it? Is it not as striking as perhaps it was kind of presented initially? You know, that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to seeing is just how different does the diamond look with the bigger bases. I, I To me, I think it's a small thing. I, I don't really understand what the point is of that rule. I understand what MLB is trying to do with some of the other rules. That one is, is a little strange to me. So, But I am interested to see because I, I, I – didn't exactly pay real close attention to spring training games uh, on Saturday, and we were, you know, traveling here yesterday, so I didn't get to see any of that. But I am interested just to see how different the diamond looks with those bases out there. Adam Spillane joining us. He's live at the Astros spring training. Spo, before we get you out of here, just uh, Seth and I were talking a little earlier in the show about this Manny Machado extension, 11 years, $350 million. The Padres basically ripped up his old deal, gave him a new deal. We know the Astros are trying to get – reportedly get a deal done, an extension with Alex Bregman. How much cause and effect do you think there is with this Machado extension for Alex Bregman getting an extension done? What do you think the ripple effect is? I think that the contract that Machado got will be similar to what Alex Bregman is going to want. And you look at just the two situations. Manny Machado uh, was heading into free agency after the season. He would have been 30, 31 years old. Bregman has two years left on the extension that he signed a few years ago. Um, so he would hit the market at 30 years old. That's the type of deal that these guys want. They don't want the five-year contract that will get them back into free agency when they're 35. They want to be covered for their age, 35, 36, 37, 38. They're trying to get paid for as long as humanly possible. And this is a big year for Bregman. He was healthy last year. He played in 155 games. He had a really good second half of the season. He was really good in the postseason. If he can carry that into next into this season, then I think that he's going to demand and will and he will certainly warrant maybe not the 350 million dollar contract that Manny Machado got, but he's going to warrant something really big. And I think that he's going to want it. He deserves it. He should go after it if he can get it. So I think that that is the you saw the the contract that Rafael Devers signed. Um, with the Red Sox. I think uh, Bregman is in a similar position there. So um, he's going to want the big extension. Uh, I think you look at the two guys who are free agents after 2024, it's Altuve and it's, Bre- and it's Bregman. I think Altuve's contract is a whole lot easier to get done because he'll be 34 once his contract expires. But Bregman's, Bregman will be 30. He's, he'll be in the prime of his career. He's going to want the big payday. Yeah, is it, is it fair to say that maybe Bregman at his peak, like in 2018, 2019, is a better player than Machado has been. It's just that Machado has been more consistently just right at that that peak level, like a like a one fifty OPS plus guy. 
you know, I'd have to look at the numbers on that because Machado also had a bunch of injury issues. In that. He, uh, he blew out his knee early in his career uh, with the Orioles. So I'd have to look and see just exactly how similar the two career trajectories actually are. But I, I, do, I do think they are very similar. And also Machado played a little bit more shortstop than Bregman has. You know, Bregman has basically only played third base in the big leagues, aside from that short stretch uh, in 2019 when everybody got hurt and he kind of had to play shortstop. But, you know, Machado, I think with the Dodgers, he was playing shortstop. Or maybe, it was, you know, one of those teams he was playing a good deal of shortstop, so that kind of changed his value a little bit. But I think that the two players are very, very similar. So, yeah, I think that's a good comparison to make. Hey, Spo, before, I said before we get you out here on my last question, but we just had some breaking news, and I want to get your reaction to it as our, uh, our Astros insider. Uh, the um, Blue Jays have hired former Astros GM James Click as vice president of baseball strategy. Any reaction to that? That's um, uh, good for good for Quick. Good for the Blue Jays. I think Quick is a really smart guy. Uh, I think that he would help any front office uh, that you bring him into. And I, I was wondering if he was going to land somewhere this season because it's not like the Astros were paying him. You know, the, he, his contract right. just expired, so you figured that he'd want to get a job with a team. But he goes to a smart team. The Blue Jays are a smart team. Quick's a smart guy. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a good move I think for for both sides. So uh, good for good for James Quick. Good for good for the Blue Jays. I wonder the. Uh, it's funny when I was up there. Uh, I went to a game in Toronto last year. It was when the Mar- Mariners uh, game, finished yeah. their series there. And it, like even in the pregame, a lot of the feeling up there was that the the Blue Jays were kind of at a turning point where they were going to have to figure out like, okay, are we genuinely going for this thing or not? Um, and, and so to bring Click in, who I, I think may have been let go because he wasn't aggressive enough with the Astros, I wonder like exactly where that organization is. It feels like they've been on the brink. It, it almost feels like, remember when the Pacers were the team that was just yeah. on the brink in the NBA? Forever. And it felt like, oh yeah, yeah, they're right there. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. It, it feels like the Blue Jays might be in that zone right now. And, and you know what, Seth, the window tends to close on you really quick. Like you think, oh, we yeah. have this five, six-year window, and then all of a sudden – you know, one guy gets hurt, one guy underperforms, and now all of a sudden the window is closed and, and it never happens for you. Uh, yeah, I, I thought Toronto would be a, 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 a team that could give the Astros trouble if they would have played in the division series. I thought that Seattle would be the easy team to face uh, out of those two. Uh, it, but Toronto, I mean, they've, they've got some hitters over there. They made a couple of, I think, really smart moves to add some pitching to that roster. Uh, so that's a, that's a dangerous team. They just play in a really tough division in the AL East where you've got the Yankees and you've got Tampa and Baltimore is getting better and the Red Sox are kind of in a weird spot, but that's a good division. That's a really good team. Uh, and, and you just add another smart guy in click who helped build the Rays into a, a really sustainable, you know, type of a franchise that wins a lot of games every year. Adam Spillane. Spo, what's going on uh, later this morning? You got a, uh, a dusty encounter coming up a little later? Yeah, so we'll hear from Dusty Baker probably nine forty-five, ten o'clock Eastern time. Uh, so, but that's an hour earlier uh, down in Houston. And then uh, you got the game today. You've uh, got Whitley starting. I think we'll see Seth Martinez uh, will play today. Um, and, and then you have Maldonado Altuve making their spring debuts. Uh, it looks like Luis Garcia will start the game for the Astros tomorrow uh, against the Mets. And then I think Hunter Brown tentatively scheduled to pitch uh, on Wednesday. Oh, nice. Okay, we got a nice week stacking up here for us. Yeah, that's good. I like it. All right, uh, Spo, don't forget to come back and get us here so we can go to the game with you. I'll see you in like an hour and a half. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, the, the, rental car, the rental car shortage worked out. We got a sweet Ford Expedition. We do. It's I felt nice. like I was a I felt like I was a, a crooked politician driving around in that thing. <laughs> it was, it was nice. It's a nice ride, yeah. Felt like I had misappropriated funds. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Just remember to come get us, Spo. That's all we ask. All right, Adam Spo is joining us here. I, I parked yeah. far away from everybody else for the fear of hitting somebody. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That thing's a tank. It is huge. It's like you had to buy it at Chappas. Yep. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's a John Deere Seven combine out there. a flail mower to the back of it. <laughs> and we're just mowing the street. Uh, all right. That's the, uh, the great Adam Spillane joining us live from Astros spring training. We'll be out there at the uh, Marlins and the Astros today. Do you know something I learned about Spillane last night? He'll, uh, he'll, like, he's one of these ballsy people that'll just travel to a foreign country by himself. Yeah. He'll just go, like, go, go on tours and stuff. I can't do that. He's telling me about how he got lost in Istanbul at like 3 a.m. and couldn't find his hotel. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that sounds super stressful. And he's like, just casually going, yeah, and they don't really speak any English there. Yeah. It's not like some touristy city where everything, you know, you can always find somebody to speak English. Dude. So you're, you're communicating in hand gestures. I get anxiety when I'm in an English speaking country, but it's an accent I don't really understand. I'm yeah. Like, okay. I need you to speak again <laughs> i'm sorry i'm making you say this i don't like it when time. the lady at the walmart checkout is asking me a question <laughs> right. that i don't understand her and she's yeah well, lady i'm not stealing yeah. okay and spillane's like oh, i'm in istanbul you know <laughs> um so uh so yeah, that was uh, adam spillane joining us here he'll he'll join us uh throughout spring training he's down here with us in florida seth and i'll be jumping on the other shows a little later on today the bregman thing boy i saw you react uh Spillane seems to think or seems to be of mind that there's a decent chance that Bregman could play mercenary on all this thing here. Oh, yeah, to, yeah, that he just that he feels like, like he yeah, needs to get something. He, that he should get that deal. Yeah, I, I think the, the thing with Machado is he's just been consistent. Like, he's been a more consistently dominant offensive player. Yeah. He has more, like, whereas... More recently, Like, too. Bregman, you know, Bregman, when he was up at, like, a 900-1,000 OPS... Uh, it was 2017, 2017, 2018. Yeah. Um, he hasn't really been that since. And even though he was healthy last year and he had a very good year, it wasn't like up at the level that Machado has been at nope. very consistently. So I think that I think for Bregman to get that Machado deal, yeah, he's going to have to come out and string together more healthy seasons. And but maybe that's the chance. That's you know what for Bregman that maybe that's the challenge that he wants and needs. Is, you yeah. know, like, okay, there's the carrot on a stick. I'm going to go after that. But, man, i got to really be dialed in for these next couple I'm going to bet on myself. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that That may be with the Machado deal. And for those who missed it, Manny Machado signs a new new 11-year, $350 million deal with the Padres. No out clause or anything. He presumably, unless they trade him, he'll be a Padre for life. I, I think, Seth, when it comes to the, the whole Bregman dynamic with the extension, yeah. if we start talking about, yeah, he should go after the Machado deal, it becomes a question that's bigger than Bregman. It becomes a question of is Jim Crane ever going to do a deal like that? You know, just is because he hasn't as an owner, and I right, don't have a problem right. with it. I, I think a big reason they've been able to keep this window open, extend it, is because they've run their business in a super responsible kind of way, and and they've done a great job of developing young pitchers. Look, too. And I, as far as you know, credit to the Astros for being a pretty stand up about this whole thing. Like, if they wanted to, they could have easily leaked something about, like, yeah, uh, Correa, remember everybody was clamoring for us to get a 10-year deal to him? 
And not to mention, like, I'll leave the Pena stuff aside. Two teams bailed on Correa this year yeah. with a 10-year contract. So, you know, maybe gives even a little bit more credit. Give us credit for having the foresight to know that Pena was really, really good. But that also there were more reasons than just philosophical ones to not give Correa a 10-year deal. Because there are some, some teams very willing to spend big, big money that had whatever reason or issue with Correa's left lower leg. Yep. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money-wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts.